Jackson, I'm out. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Table Talks, where deeper conversations are something highly sought after but rarely explored. And I have with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Alyssa. Hi, honey buns. So how are you today, my dear? I'm doing wonderfully hectic. Fair. <laughs> I, I got a promotion recently, which I talked about in the last episode, but it is... We're digging some things out, getting some processes, transitioning while I take on my new role and my fill my old role. So it's been a fun week, but I had a good time with you on Friday night. We went out and even the waitress said it, she's like, oh my gosh, you guys can talk for like five and a half hours, been here for your entire, my entire shift. Yeah, we left our very nice tip because we did not realize we had honestly been there that long. We like looked over the clock and we were both like, oh my God, it's 1020. It was, yeah, it was like 1030 something, I think when we were there. And I was like, how did it happen? Like five hours passed already. I hadn't even looked at my phone like more than once. No. So yeah. Yeah. No, that was so much fun. I like this more friend dates that we're doing again, like, taking a moment to just chill. We're also coming into our season, and I think that that is helping. For sure. We love fall. We're fall bitches up in here, so I'm all for the fall things, and I look forward to more friend dates. Yes, absolutely. How are you? Good. I'm tired. I went out last night, so I've been out, like, two nights in a row. We went out Friday. I went out last night with my boyfriend. Um, We just hadn't been going out recently. We'd both been working a lot, and we're like, okay, we need to reconnect. Like, um, so we went out, we went down, and we got drinks. We did a little bit of bar hopping. We played some darts, and then we ended with dinner. We were both like, I'm like, okay, do you want to get more drinks, or do you want to get dinner? And he was like, I want dinner. I want food. That McDonald's was not enough before we came here. I was like, yeah, we're not fucking 21 anymore. We can't just survive off of McDonald's french fries and, like, chicken nuggets to go out for a night out. And he was like, no, I need real food. I was like, same. So we went into this nice little restaurant with AC because we were both sweating at this point. It was really humid. We were on the water, but it was still really humid last night. And I was like, oh, God. So we went out. Had a great time. The restaurant was great. The waitress was super nice. Like, I only ended up eating half of pretty much everything that I got. And she was like, was everything okay? Are you sure? I was like, yeah, my eyes were just much bigger than my stomach. And I thought that I was going to eat all of this because I wanted both of them. But, uh, yeah, I'm just going to take it to go. And she was like, okay, of course. (laughs) See, that's why I like tapas because it's tapas is just small plates and I always want to try everything on the menu except then my eyes are bigger than my stomach and I get by the second plate I'm like oh I'm so full I just need like a little bit and a little bit of this and a little bite of that and then like so I have all the things yes yes I literally said to my boyfriend I was like that place looks so good and there was they had they actually had like vegan chicken nuggets like, buffalo oh, tenders. They had, they had so many options. Well, and that was the thing. Like, we were walking this strip trying to find options for me to eat. And most of the places, it was, like, a salad or one maybe fish dish if I was lucky. But it was battered and fried. And I was like, that's got all the dairy. Like, I'm going to die. I was like, 
I'm not trying to do that tonight. Please and thank you. Oh, and he's like, he'd look at the menu and instantly go, okay, moving on. And I'm like, I didn't even finish. He goes, you didn't have to. There's nothing there for you to eat. Let's go. And I'm like, thanks, babe. Love you. <laughs> and like, we finally got down to like almost the end. There was maybe like three more restaurants and we were both like, okay, if we don't get anything here, we gotta just like try to head closer to home and find something closer to home. And he was like, yeah, okay. And so then we looked at this one, we go in, like we look at the menu and I was like, they have vegan chicken nuggets. He goes, can we have a table for two, please? And I was like, well, what about you? He's like, I find something to eat. <laughs> okay, thanks. Um, but it came with like a truffle ranch drizzle. And I was like, you fucked it up right there. Right there. Like, could you not put vegan like ranch dressing on this shit, man? Like, what the fuck? If it's not vegan, it's dairy. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, okay. And I was like, whatever. So I ended up just getting some shrimp ceviche, which was really good, and mushroom tacos. Mmm. So good. Sounds like they had good options. They did have really good options. There was more options than that. They had, like, they had like eight or nine different kinds of pizzas. Like, they had, like, tacos was the first thing on the menu. It, it was tacos and then starters. That's how it went. And I was like, okay, so this place is probably known for their tacos. tacos. So I was like, I have to get tacos. My boyfriend also got tacos. So it was great. We both, I had mushroom, he had chicken, he got a pizza. And then I got the shrimp ceviche. We had a couple drinks and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go home. He's like, me too. I'm like, perfect. But I got home, basically I passed the fuck out. So two nights in a row today, I'm feeling it and I am exhausted and I cannot wait to do nothing for the rest of the day after this. Not 21 anymore. No, I'm not 21 anymore. And I mean, I had like four drinks. I don't think I've ever been 21 feeling, but damn, four drinks is more than I get in general. I mean, we got down there around six o'clock, so it was like from six and we left probably around 10. So like in four hours, I had four drinks. I was like, okay, like that's still tracked, but I was definitely like came home and I, we, the last one I was like I feel like this was a double because like uh, we started walking out and I was like babe and he was like what and I was like I feel really fucked up right now and he was like do you really I was like yeah I'm like I just ate all of that food and I still feel more drunk than I did before we ate food and he was like how is that even possible I'm like I don't know I'm like I just feel really fucked up right now and he's like it's okay babe just hold on to me while we walk and I was like okay <laughs> sounds good like, I don't even understand that logic. <laughs> like, what? But yes, definitely not 21 anymore. And even though four drinks in four hours, I've definitely done more than that recently. But I think, too, I just, I have my period. Like, it just, I think that just also topped it all off. I'm already tired. I'm already oh, crampy. Absolutely. And, like, then I add drinks and going out two nights in a row. And today I'm like, I want to go to bed. <laughs> You're not honoring your period phase. No, I definitely did not. You're supposed to be hibernating. I am supposed to be hibernating so hard. And, like, I definitely was like, no, I haven't been out. I haven't been going out. I've been doing a lot of work. And da 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 I'm going out. Because even my spouse was like, babe, we can just reschedule. We can go out, like, next week. And I'm like, no. Because I don't know what next week's going to bring. You might be working overtime. I might be working overtime. And next week just isn't going to work. We have the time. I'm going now. Even if that means that I suffer all the way through it, I will, we're going out. Okay. And that's why I pulls in the parking lot. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm getting you McDonald's French fries before this night gets started. And I was like, I love you. You're the best. <laughs> you know me so well. You're so cute. Yeah. All right. Let's start with our emotion of the week this week. Okay. What do we got laid on me? We are going with eager. 
Beautiful. Which, I like that. That means you are keen, are ardent in desire or feeling, impatiently longing. Very eager to dive into this topic. Yeah. I know I am. I love, I mean, we've talked about this so many times, how, like, excited we are about, like, psychology and shit. So, like, yes, it's just, this is just another it's form like a, of psychology. It's a synonym, too. You can, instead of using excited, you can use eager. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So, what are we talking about today? We are talking about the Myers-Briggs personality test. Mm. Um, I found this test, like, a really long time ago. My mom, actually, I think, was the person to introduce it to me. Um, and she kind of was like, hey, you should take this test just to see, like, what you are. And I was like, all right, I mean, I don't really know what I'm going to get out of it. And ever since then, I've been, like, totally obsessed with it. Just, like, it just helps me to understand more of, like, how I work. I think a lot of things do. I think a lot of these personality tests help you understand on a deeper level who you are. You're not going to resonate with everything in your personality test. It's just not reality because it's a blanket, right? It's supposed to cover a lot of different people not just a singular person yeah but sometimes you if you feel really called out you're like wow how do you know me so well yeah I definitely I was reading a book so before our date night on on Friday with you and I I was reading a book that was about like what I am and I was just like fuck off (laughs) I know I saw you reading that book and I was like is there one for me (laughs) I know I have to look I didn't actually look into it yet um but there's so many books about personality tests it's just like finding the ones that are actually based on the science, not based on somebody's perspective. Yeah. That's the hard part about it. I just like it. I like personality tests in general because while I think I know about myself, it's also really nice to get, like, an outside perspective based off of, like, my answers or something that I've been asked. Mm-hmm. And then be able to be like, oh, my gosh, wow, I really resonated with that. I'm like, wait, how do you know that? Mm-hmm. That's, like, how I felt in this book. I was like, they, they called me out of my passive aggressiveness, which I think is something we discussed in the last episode or maybe in private. Oh, it off-air. Was it off-air? Okay. Well, I, we had talked about the fact that I can get pretty passive-aggressive about things, and it called me out, like, real hard in this book. And I was like, yeah, I am pretty passive-aggressive at some points in my life. And I was like only when it comes to certain things it's not I'm not passive aggressive about everything it's just like certain things and I was like yeah yep that's accurate totally accurate and it's just crazy how much based on a personality test can call you out about if you're passive aggressive or not and I was just like fuck you just fuck you (laughs) politely fuck you yeah (laughs) all right so do you want to give a little bit of information on how the test works well, I think you're probably better suited to do that because you just retook the test. I did. I took this test a while ago, and I think I would still come up the same because I've taken it twice already, and every single time it's been the same. Do you know how actually long ago that that was? Because I have the original email from when I first took the test, and then I took the retest this morning. Yeah. 10-9 of 2020. That is not even two fucking years ago. Oh, my God. My first take was in 2017 because I found the email that I sent to my mom. I was like, this is me. And I was like, okay. And I retook it probably in 2020 when I was like, hey, you should take this test because that's probably when I retook it as well. So, like, wow, two fucking years ago. Yeah. So... I will give you a little bit of insight into taking the test since I am a little bit more refreshed on it. Yeah. Uh, I found it on the 16 Personalities website, and it pretty much asks you 
I think it took me maybe like five minutes to take the whole test. Um, it asks you questions, and then based off of those statements, you either agree or disagree, and then there is that space in between. So if you slightly disagree, highly agree, neutral, strongly disagree, that type of thing. Um, it does ask different questions. So some of the question examples was, you enjoy watching people argue. Mm. What? That was that was one of the questions I got. I don't, um, wow. You tend to avoid drawing attention to yourself. Your mood can change very quickly. Um, you usually prefer to be around others rather than on your own. You become bored or lost, lose interest when the discussion gets highly theoretical. You know, there's all different types in your social circle. You're often the one who contacts your friends, initiates activity activities. So then you agree or disagree, and based off of those. You get some results, and that is what we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, there are almost, like, four subcategories, I think. So there's, like, the an analysts, there's the diplomats, there's the sentinels, there's the explorers, and, yeah, that's it. So there's, there's four. Um, and it's really funny because you and I both fall in the diplomats, um, which also makes sense why we're so, uh, similar. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. When we, when we talked about it, I mentioned it on Friday after I saw the book that she was reading, and I was like, I can't believe we're only, like, one letter off. Literally one letter. So, I'm an INFP. And I am an INFJ. And so, we're very similar, and each of those letters stand for something. So, that's, like, the result that you get is yeah. the letter, and then a role and some type of strategy that you can take, and then they give you aspects of your personality based off of that role. But to think that uh, the fact that you're an I in general, I know, which, which is I, it stands for either introverted or extroverted. So you'll either be an I or, or an e. e. And I was like, you, an introvert? What? <laughs> I know, which was which was crazy. And I mean, I got introvert by literally two percent. Like I was like fifty one percent introverted, and I was forty eight percent extroverted. So like. And from, like, the research I've done, especially off the, the book I was reading recently, was, like, if your percentages are that close and you happen to retake the test, you could easily, at that moment, fall into the other one. But the likelihood is you're probably still more whatever you were the first time you take the test. Yeah, so I feel like anytime you take the test, like, the first time is, like, the most accurate results because right. you're completely unbiased. Right, you don't you're know. you're just answering whatever the questions are. Yeah. Yeah, and which I thought was really weird that I was introverted, but I also was, like... I mean, I kind of get it because at moments, like, I'm really choosy about my friends, and that's where, like, the introverted proportion really came from, was, like, it, it talks about being really choosy about, like, who you surround yourself with and, like, everything, and I was like, okay, that's really fucking accurate. Like, I do, I am super picky. Like, I have maybe three friends right now that I would consider, like, close confidants that I would yeah. take to war with me if necessary, like. I think knowing you in high school and just how you how I perceive you, how others, I think, perceive you, I would have thought you were still close in percentages, but falling on, like, the extrovert side, like, where it's, like, 60-40. Yeah. And it's funny that you're so close, but introvert wins by just a little bit. Just a little bit. And it's because it was, like, questions of, like, I think one of the questions was, like, would you rather go out with friends or, like, be at home reading a book? And I was, like, be at home reading a book, like, 100%. Like, so I think those were the questions that really, like, swayed me more the opposite way and I was like yeah I'd rather like take me home 
Yeah. Let me, let me read my book and crawl up on the couch. <laughs> like Most of the questions, I was either on one side or the other. Like, I was either, like, really strongly agree or disagree. There was only, I think, maybe two or three questions that I was, like, completely neutral to. Yes. Yeah, same. So do you have the traits that and the percentages with the I, results? I, oh, wait. Actually, I might. Yes. So I was 51% introverted, 76% intuitive, 85% feeling, 68% prospecting, and then there's also this last, uh, so it's like you're an I, it's like I'm an INFP That's dash T. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh my gosh, you're so a I'm T. So tur- I'm turbulent, and she apparently got A, which is assertive. <laughs> but the difference between A and T, and this, this goes across the board for everyone, everyone will either come out as an A or a T. Um, a is where you're very like, you know who you are, you know, your morals, like, you know, your standings where like turbulent is like, you can be, you can be a little more like flowy about those things and, and yeah. whatnot. And I was like, that's definitely me. Like I I chameleon in a lot of groups. Like I'm a different person with a lot of different groups of people. And I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> that's highly accurate. And I got 67% turbulent. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I have both test results and she's right that I am an INFJA, which means I'm more assertive. Um, so the first time that I tested, I was 79% introverted, 53% intuitive, 99% feeling. Oh my God. <laughs> judging 60% and then 81% assertive. And I was a diplomat with confident individualism as my strategy. And then the second huh. time, I'm very close. So I had 72% introverted, got a little more extroverted, uh, 86% intuitive. 89% feeling, 57% judging, and 86% assertive. Again, diplomat with confident individualism. So um, I was a mediator. What were you? Hmm? So there's like mediator and then you should be, I think you all, you fall in the category of Where do I... advocate. An INFJ is an advocate. Yes, I am an advocate. Yeah, see, and I was, I'm a mediator. Um, and for me... I'm a diplomat, and my strategy is constant improvement. Tell me that doesn't line that up. That screams you perfectly. And honestly, the strategy, <laughs> confident individualism, is very me. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm gonna do my own thing. Yeah, so that was really interesting. Um, but I think, do you want to give a little description, like the little descriptions next to our percentages, or no? So it's like mind introverted, um, and it says you're mostly introverted. You likely prefer fewer yet deep and meaningful social interactions and feel drawn to calmer environments. Yep. And now you should be able to scroll down. This? Yep. Where? Keep going. Right there. Ah, okay. Um, so what was yours? Is yours say the same? Because obviously we're both introverted. What does yours say? Mine says you're mostly introverted. You likely prefer fewer yet deep and meaningful social interactions and feel drawn to calmer environments. Yep, that was mine. So these are basically going to be the same except for the last one. So then the next one, energy, which was intuitive, is Mm -hmm. you're mostly intuitive, you're likely very imaginative and open-minded, focusing on hidden meetings and distant possibilities. Yes. Yeah. Um, Nature, which was feeling, you're mostly feeling, you likely value emotional expression and sensitivity uh, prioritizing empathy, social harmony, and cooperation. Cheers to that. Fuck yeah. 
and tactics. Now this is where we get different. I got prospecting and mine says you're mostly prospecting. You're likely very good at improvising and adapting. You tend to be flexible and value novelty about st above stability, okay. which is true because it's I change jobs so rapidly and will just like be like, no, not on this path anymore. Like moving on. Like on stability is not something I've ever thought about. My brain has always said, I will figure it out. Like I've always told myself I will figure it out regardless so like it's so it's that's fucking wild mine is judging and it is you're most mostly judging you're likely decisive thorough and highly organized you value clarity and prefer planning to spontaneity which mm -hmm. is also spot on <laughs> um okay so my T, it says you're mostly turbulent, you're likely self-conscious, sensitive to stress, success-driven, perfectionistic, and eager to improve. And mine is A, which is assertive, and you're likely self-assured, even-tempered, and resistant to stress, refusing to worry too much. Mm. <laughs> very true. Very That's true. That's why I said I felt very called out. This was like one of the most accurate personality tests that I had taken. Yeah, and that's why I was like, oh, we should totally talk about this. And I think... There's the other one, the Enneagrams, which everybody says that, like, those are, the Enneagram is also really accurate, and I'd love to see how the Enneagram uh, works for both of us. Mm. We could definitely do some more research about it and, like, listen to some podcasts and books or whatever. Yeah, and, like, I mean, we took the color theory one, right. so now we have the Myers-Briggs, and yeah. we'll have that one. Yeah. All right, so let's just jump into both of our, like, little introductions. So, as an advocate, INFJ... Um, they say that they may be the rarest personality type of all, but they certainly leave their mark on the world. Idealistic and principled, they aren't content to coast through life. They want to stand up and make a difference. For advocate personalities, success doesn't come from money or status, but from seeking fulfillment, helping others, and being a force for the good in the world. While they have lofty goals and ambitions, advocates shouldn't be mistaken for idle dreamers. People with this personality type care about integrity, and they're rarely satisfied until they've done what they know to be right. Conscientious to the core, they move <laughs> through life with a clear sense of their values, and they aim never to lose sight of what truly matters, not according to other people or society at large, but according to their own wisdom and intuitions. Like, if that isn't fucking me, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, check, check check checkmate I, check i was literally just having a conversation about advocacy with somebody <laughs> <laughs> yep so mine as the mediator is although they may seem quiet or unassuming mediators have vibrant passionate inner lives creative and imaginative they happily lose themselves in daydreams inventing all sorts of stories and conversations in their minds they <laughs> these personalities <laughs> Fuck. These personalities are known for their sensitivity. Mediators can find profound uh, emotional responses to music, art, nature, and the people around them. Idealistic and empathetic, mediators long for deep, soulful re relationships, and they feel called to help others. But because this personality type makes up such a small portion of the population, mediators may sometimes feel lonely or invisible, adrift in a world that doesn't seem to appreciate the traits that make them unique. Yeah, you bitch. got you got an advocate best friend, so <laughs> it's fine. Um, but yes, one hundred percent. Couldn't couldn't agree more with that. I'm surprised. I didn't know that that this was like a rare personality type. I was very honored when I had read this the first time. I was like, rare. <laughs> I know. I'm wondering how many of these are 
rare? Do they is that like a catch? No. Is that a catchphrase for them to get people? I'm not sure. I do I've seen a couple of like TikToks and other things on the internet about other personality types that people take the Myers Briggs and I haven't come across somebody who's an INFJ. Mm, yeah, I don't see a lot of INFPs. Maybe we are rare. We're pretty Maybe. rare gems. I would love to know the interaction between the, the personality types, like a mediator and an advocate. Like, how do they play together? Yeah. Yeah, well, I think um, I think if you we get down to, like, romantic relationships and friendships um, across the top, I think they kind of go in deeper about, like, how you interact with other people. Ooh. Like, who you interact best with. I look forward to that section. Let's see. So, I know for mine, right off the bat, tells me I'm a hopeless romantic. Yup, knew that. Um, making an effort is something that's really big for me. Um, I understand that like my partners aren't perfect, but if they're not making an effort to do the things that I need to either feel loved or need to see a successful future, like I'm fucking out. Uh, I don't care. Um, and then finding what's real. Like those are, those are things that I really value in a romantic relationship specifically. Oh, see, mine says that I rarely settle for shallow superficial friendships um, aren't satisfied by casual interaction, no small talk, mm. uh, advocates crave authentic, meaningful relationships that allow them to share their dreams, bear their souls, and feel understood and accepted for who they are, and if that means just having one or two confidants, hi, friend. Hi, what's up? <laughs> that would, one of them would be me. <laughs> then so be it. Um, may seem quiet or reserved to the world, but they absolutely light up around their closest friends, which is so, so true. fucking true. I have had like people be around me, and then when they see me interact with you, they're like, "You're a totally different person." Like you just beam, and I'm like, "I know." It's because she just has that energy. Like yeah. <laughs> it just it bounces off, and I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I am searching for a heart of gold known for having great expectations, (laughs) not just for themselves, but also for their friendships. Um, high on the list of expectations is authenticity. Mm. If an advocate has to be fake or tone themselves down to gain someone's approval, then that person probably isn't the best friend for them. It's hard for people with this personality type to respect someone who won't be honest with them in return, Mm. let alone anyone who can't be honest with themselves. Oof. Yeah. That's why she doesn't have a lot of friends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bring a lot of mutual support and growth. Having mm. fun together is wonderful, but for my personality type, it isn't quite enough. I want to surround myself with people who inspire them, learn, um, and expand and improve myself. Okay. Very, all very true. I'm looking for loyalty and authenticity. It says, ultimately, the only way to be counted among advocates' true friends is to be authentic, honest, and real. Over the years, advocates may end up with just a few true friendships rather than a wide circle of casual acquaintances. But as long as those friendships are built on a richness of mutual understanding, advocates wouldn't have it any other way. And it is, again, very true. I keep a small circle I'd rather have a small circle I do sometimes long for a bigger friend group just yeah just because it's different having a huge group and having all the personality types meet together and just be able to have like a wild and out night but like but however like I think about the way that I would interact with those people and then they would the, like the conversations wouldn't be as deep and I don't I don't, like I don't want surface level so like I take that as the blow. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have a big friend group because I know having a big friend group means, like, there's going to be a lot more drama. There's going to be a lot more, like, 
people aren't going to be having deep, soulful conversations. It's going to be surface level drama. Like, you know, what's your favorite fucking color? Like, I'm yeah. done having those conversations. That's what I find myself having more, like, acquaintances, work friends, just that type of thing. And then mm. I leave, like, the true friendship outside of that. Yeah. And it's, like, you and, like, one other person. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fine. That's good enough. Yeah. So now in friendships, what does it say for you? That was friendship. Oh, that was friendship? So I read romantic relationships. Oh, oops. That's okay. That's okay. That's cool for, for romantic... That, that's yours for friendship? Mm-hmm. So mine for friendship was... Um, when it comes to their social lives, mediators may find themselves caught in a web of contradictions. People with this personality type crave alone time, but they're also vulnerable to loneliness. <laughs> They long to feel accepted and well-liked, but they hate the idea of pretending to be anyone but their authentic selves. And while they hesitate to draw attention to themselves, they don't want to be invisible either. The good news is that in the company of true friends, mediators can escape the hamster wheel of these insecurities and focus on what really matters. For these personalities, friendship is a precious commodity, an opportunity for two people to lift each other up and change each other's lives for the better. Mediators truly believe in the old saying that a friend in need is a friend indeed. Few things bolster their sense of purpose, like being there for someone they care about. Uh, Perhaps because of their intense investment in these relationships, mediators tend to feel most fulfilled by spending time with a small, intimate circle of friends. Acquaintances may come and go, but this inner circle is likely to include mediators' friends for life. I'm getting, so... I'm getting that last episode of Diving in Deep where you, <laughs> you were like, I was like, what can I do to, like, improve our friendship? And you are like, just just clue me in a little bit more on your thoughts and, like, your inner monologue. And I was like, okay. Like, I can do that. And you 100% have been. So, yeah. Like, and that is, and then it says, I'm always searching for kindred spirits. Um, they're always friends for life, um, which is definitely true. Definitely true. Even in this quote is spot on. Even as their friendships grow stronger, mediators' enigmatic qualities never truly vanish. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking, that is facts. <laughs> so you read your friendship one first. So what's your romantic relationships one? Oh, yes, yes. Okay. So advocates look for depth and meaning in their relationships, and their romantic relationships are no different. Mm. This is a personality type known for having a vibrant, vivid imagination, but few advocates can imagine themselves settling for a match founded on anything less than true love. It can take time for advocates to find a compatible partner. Some people might think that advocates are too choosy, and it's true that these personalities can be prone to unrealistic expectations. (laughs) My expectations are not unrealistic, they're just fucking high. (laughs) With their perfectionistic, idealistic nature, advocates might be tempted to hold out for the perfect partner, that's in quotes, perfect, Mm. or relationship that ultimately doesn't exist. The good news, advocates' idealism is balance if balanced with just enough realism can actually enhance their love life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine's a my, this was the one line for like romantic relationships that stuck out for me was they may have spent years daydreaming about the perfect relationship, imagining how it would feel to share their innermost selves with another person, but the reality of dating can come as something of a shock to mediators. I think that's why I was freaking a lot while I was in the dating pool because I was like, what the fuck? This is real? This is how people go about life? Like, what is good? Dude, that's why I've never done a dating app. It, like, scares the shit out of me. I'm like, I don't want to meet those types of people. 
No, and it was like, uh, comes as a shock to the media, forcing them to grapple with the challenging question. If they want to be in a relationship, will they have to compromise on their ideals? And I was like, yeah, I thought that for a really long time. And there was moments of my romantic relationships where I did compromise on a lot of ideals just to be in a relationship to find like, I'm like, well, maybe if I compromise here, like, then maybe I won't have to compromise about it later. And I was like, no, I'm literally going to have to compromise about this thing always. And I was like, I can't do this. This ain't for me, bro. And like my, my relationship now is very much like there isn't really a lot of compromising. It's like, I mean, I think there's compromising in the base level that like you're in a relationship, you have to compromise about things, but like not on my ideals, my values, like what I want out of Mm -hmm. life and things like that, which is so nice. So much better. (laughs) So much better. They say, as romantic partners, advocates are warm, caring, honest, and insightful, and they patiently work to uncover their loved one's most inner, most needs and desires. Mm, that's very true. That's really true. And once I do find a suitable relationship, I rarely take it for granted. Instead, tend to look for ways to grow as individuals and strengthen my connection with my partner. Um, and this can help reach a level of depth and sincerity of which many people can only dream. Mm. I find most important is establishing a genuine, deep connection with people, which all true. Yeah, I was like, I think the deep connection and the soulful meanings are probably going to pop up a lot when we read through these, just simply because, like, that's just, we talk about it all the time. Like, that's why this podcast got started. It's deeper conversations for a fucking reason. Like, we're deep individuals and we want to have that... And we are only one letter, maybe two with the A, T, off. So, like, we're very, our core values are pretty similar, which is why we're friends in the first place, (laughs) why this podcast exists. And I think whether it's romantic or friendships, we're kind of, any relationship, I think I go about it the same way. Yeah. But you don't have people that connect in the same way. No. No. Yeah, Yeah. which is so hard. Like, I think you and I were just having the conversation the other day about how, like, sometimes we have these friends that like we want to talk to but like they uh, the only, it's like a, a revolving wheel of just like hey how are you and like oh same old same old oh it's good oh yeah well what are you doing like oh you know just this just that it's like where is the goddamn fucking depth like give me something so i can prompt you with questions and learn more about who you are and how you work your psychology like give me that info like i'm not gonna ever use it against you like i just want to learn more bro like open the fuck up just like my entire life learning more exploring and i'm just like please tell me all about you like i'm glad you're good what about it is good like okay same old same old like what does that mean like oh yeah this is what i yeah just you know go to work come home and i'm like Okay, like, what's your favorite part of your job? Like, why do I have to ask that sort of question to get you to talk more? Oh, like, it's just, oh, God, it's like pulling teeth. It and is. at some point, you get to a point where you're like, I'm not even going to pull teeth anymore because I just don't fucking answer. care. <laughs> right, I don't care. It's like, whatever. Just drop the conversation. I'm not in the, the business of forcing people to have a conversation with me. <laughs> no, no, not anymore. I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> um, do you want to do the next one, which is like career paths? Oh, okay. I was thinking strengths and weaknesses. Oh, we could go back to strengths and weaknesses. That would be fine, too. Um, I was just thinking career paths because both of us have had some recent changes in that direction. So I was like, it'd be cool to see how that's reflective of where we're at now. Okay, we'll do that next. Well, yeah, let's do strengths and weaknesses and then we'll go from there. Okay. So as an advocate, my strengths are creativity, insightfulness, principled, passionate, altruistic, 
Um, and so with being like altruistic, people with this personality type aren't happy to succeed at another person's expense. Advocates want to use their strengths for the greater good and they rarely lose sight of how their words and actions might affect others. In their heart of hearts, they want to make the world a better place, starting with the people around them. Um, passionate, I crave a sense of purpose in life rather than living on autopilot or sticking to the status quo. Want to chase after my ideals. Uh, and this isn't a personality type that shies away from big dreams. In fact, advocates are energized and impassioned by their beauty of their vision for the future. That one's kind of weird. And I say that only because you're, you always, you're not very future thinking, you're more present minded. Yes, but also I think it's just what I think what they're speaking of in their version of future is like how I believe that the world and things mm. should interact around me. And that's why I kind of using the term like visions for the future. It's like what right. I want the world to be, how I want my life to go, what my type of friendships, romantic relationships that I want to have. Yeah. Like I have ideals and visions for those types of future. I'm just not very future minded in the sense like oh in five years i'll be doing x yeah i don't Career have that path you're not very i like... don't even know what i'm making for dinner tonight like <laughs> i can't think about five years down the road <laughs> like they're there yeah. but like they're not as realistic i'd rather deal with the present and then find out what happens in five years when i get there yeah fair what are your strengths so they say i'm empathetic which yeah Heck yeah mm-hmm um, it says, because of their sensitivity, mediators tend to be thoughtful and kind-hearted, and they hate the idea of hurting anyone, even unintentionally. Um, generous. Uh, mediators rarely enjoy succeeding at other people's expense. They feel called to share the good things in their lives, give credit where credit is due, and uplift the people around them. These personalities want to contribute to a world where every voice is heard and no one needs go unmet. Yes! You literally just brought me a gift this morning! <laughs> You're like, I was thinking of you, I saw this, and, like, it's totally you here. <laughs> yep, basically. Um, the next one is open-minded, which I think this podcast just speaks to being open-minded and changing yep. the way that, like, my thought processes go, so I'm not even going to bother to read all of that. Um, creative mediators love to see things from unconventional perspectives. Few things give them more pleasure than allowing their minds to wander through all sorts of ideas and possibilities and daydreams. It's no wonder, then, that many mediators are drawn to creative pursuits or that this personality type is well represented among writers and artists. That's interesting, because I have creative, but mine doesn't say the same. What's yours say? It says, advocates aren't exactly like everyone else, and that's a wonderful thing. People with this personality type embrace their creative side, always on the lookout for opportunities to express themselves and think outside the box. Mm. So you're gonna... very outside the box, because you're always like, when people are inside the box, they're like, they're in the box, and I'm like, Yep. <laughs> that that makes a lot of sense. It's funny, though, because we both have creative, but they're two different meanings based yeah. off the type. Yeah, absolutely. So I have passionate, and it's like when an idea or movement captures their imagination, mediators want to give their whole heart to it. Absolutely. 100%. You give 110,000% on anything that you're doing. Yeah, anything I'm passionate about, it doesn't matter. Idealistic. Mediators strive to follow their conscience, even when doing the right thing isn't easy or convenient. They rarely lose sight of their desire to live a meaningful, purposeful, filled life, one that helps others and leaves the world a better place. I have a question for you based off of that statement, because, like, do you, this is more because I want to know for my own purposes, <laughs> um, do you feel guilty when you're not doing the right thing? Or, like, do you, you're like, oh my gosh, I, like, 
somebody's not doing something right by me or like by my thoughts or even just I feel like I'm not quite doing the right thing and like you're thinking about it yes to an extent because then I also have to like play devil out devil's advocate for myself be like okay yeah this may not be great for every party involved but it never is going to be Mm. so like how can I make sure that we're thinking of the many and not the few to bring it back to a few episodes ago? Like, I gotta, like, that's more or less, like, I think, I I will have that guilt, but it's like, okay, this isn't gonna always, this isn't gonna work for everybody. Like, and that's okay. Like, I think that's why I also don't, like, I'm vegan, vegetarian, whatever you want to fucking call me, but I don't push it down everyone's throat. Like, I eat it, and it is what it is. And, like, I'm not like, well, why are you doing that? Where sometimes, like, I may question, like, you have a really big passion about people and driving slow and animals being hit on the road and and that sort of stuff. So I, like, pose the question, like, okay, so then, like, why aren't you vegan? And you were like, I don't know yet. I got to work it out for myself. I'm like, all right, that's fine. And that was it. I wasn't like, well, you should read this article. You should do this. You should do that. No, like, you're going to research it on your own time when you're ready to do your thing, if ever. But I'm not going to force it down your throat. So, like, it's, it's not a matter of, like, I'm not out to change people's minds unless they're ready to be changed follow-up question okay okay if if in a situation you knew that somebody committed a crime would you tell on them um because i I asked because like you're talking about like the sense of like knowing what's right and like really standing strong like i I personally like in my own thing while you're thinking here i do feel like that big sense and i'm like well I, i do see both sides but like I, I think also that's like my problem. it kind of like drives me like I always I always say I'm a goody two shoes mm. like I never really snuck out like I'm like oh my gosh I can't do the wrong thing yeah yeah I don't know I think I think I would because I'm so the same way seeing both sides of things I'd have to have more details I would have to have more details like I okay you're you're uh, I'm so conflicted your distant like, cousin uh. This is hypothetical, completely hypothetical. Your distant cousin committed a B and E, breaking and entering, and confided in you because they were feeling a little guilty themselves and wanted your opinion. What's your advice? First of all, where are they breaking and entering? Is it for fun? Like, is it just to go look in like a? a it's like... a liquor store. Okay. Do they have a? Do they have a habit? Do they have a bad habit? Like, is that something that's gonna like? Like, are they alcoholic? If they're alcoholic and breaking in and breaking and entering into a liquor store, like, then yeah, I'm probably going to rat them out because they're clearly not learning. Like, they're, these are, these are destructive habits. Like, and, and is it like, okay, if you were to do it again, are you going to do it again? Was it for the thrill of it? Okay, well, listen, go on a fucking roller coaster. <laughs> like, stop breaking and entering. This shit's stupid. You can go to jail for a really long time. Is that worth it? And, like, I think I'd have, like, a hard conversation first and be like, Why? figuring out the why and like the the thought process and then be like okay but they still did it they did so what do you do with that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know (laughs) and this is where like i find myself in such contradictory emotions and like (laughs) times because i'm like yeah i would totally rat somebody out and then i'm like what I do, do you, I need more information. Okay. I need more information. Wait, do you want an easier situation? Would okay. That help? All okay. right. You're hypothetical again. You're at a work. You're at your workplace, and you see someone breaking the rule, 
they're on their cell phone texting all day and they're not doing their work you telling your supervisor no they'll get their shit <laughs> Car- like like karma will come to you you you, you like it it'll be found out that you're not doing the work you're supposed to be doing. And, like, that's, that's like, I already see it in my office, those that are, like, always on their phones. They're not really, like, into okay. work. And I'm just like, mm, you're going to get what's coming to you. But I'm not going to be the one to rat you out because. How about if someone says an off-color joke? Oh, that, I just, I'm, I'm like, mm, I'm like, that's not really appropriate. I've said that. Do you tell somebody? There's no snitches get stitches in my book. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I've, I guess I have because I've already had the conversation of like, hey, this is really not okay. Like, this is not shit that people should be saying to each other. And I have already said that at work. So, yeah, I guess I would. (laughs) I would because I have. I'm like, I'm like, yo, I'm like, this was like not appropriate. Like, you, that's not shit you say. (laughs) Like, I've already piped up in meetings when people say things. I'm like, yo, that's, mm -mm, we don't do that here. That's not appropriate. We're growing. Uh Uh-uh. That's what I wanted to know, because I I have those feelings, and I I have, like, a very, like, strong sense of morality. Yeah. No, I've definitely, I'm like, no, I've definitely piped up in a meeting to be like, yo, mm mm-mm, that's not appropriate. Everybody else is laughing, and I'm like, that's not really appropriate. I'm like, no, no, like, that is not appropriate. (laughs) Like, not even the not really, no, that is not appropriate. Like, we don't say that. I do the, I find myself doing the same. I had someone say the R word, and I was like, um, I am not okay with that. Can you please refrain from saying that? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I didn't... I'm like, thank you. Respectfully. That's it. Yeah, respectfully. Just like, you know, what's appropriate and what's not appropriate. So was that all for your strengths? Uh, passionate, idealist. I read idealistic, right? Yep. Yeah, so yeah. All right. What are your weaknesses now? Okay. I should share, shouldn't share these on air. <laughs> right? Like, uh. <laughs> So I have sensitive to criticism. Um, advocates aren't averse to feedback. That is, unless they believe that someone is challenging. Oh. This just goes back to our conversation on Friday. Holy crap. Um, advocates aren't averse to feedback. That is, unless they believe that someone is challenging their most cherished principles or values mm. when it comes to the issues that are near and dear to them people with this pre- personality type can become defensive or dismissive mm. literally just having that conversation yeah <laughs> literally um reluctant to open up i value honesty and authenticity but also very private um and i may find it difficult to open up and be vulnerable about struggles not wanting to burden someone else with their my issues Um, and when I don't ask for help, I may inadvertently hold myself back or create distance in that relationship. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I don't see this as a weakness, but perfectionistic. (laughs) But you have a different take. Let's read, let's see what they say. And then like, I I see all of these as like great points and I don't, I don't, I see, I don't see really much of anything as a weakness, but just more like, Oh, something to keep in mind. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So... The advocate personality type is all but defined by idealism. With While this is a wonderful quality in many ways, it doesn't always leave room for the messiness of real life. Mm. I might find it difficult to appreciate my job, living situations, or relationship if they continually fixate on imperfections and wonder whether I should be looking for something better. Mm. Avoiding the ordinary. Hmm. That's Yearn a to do... Ex- yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 
<laughs> yearn to do extraordinary things with my life, but it's hard to achieve anything extraordinary without breaking it down into small, manageable steps. Mm. Unless I translate my dreams into everyday routines, to-do lists, ad- advocates like me may struggle to turn my visions, my grand visions, into reality. Mm. Uh, and then, prone to burnout. <laughs> That comes along with perfectionism. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Uh, Which just says, advocates perfectionism and reserve leave them feeling um, like they have little to no options for letting off steam. People with this personality type can exhaust themselves if they don't balance their drive to help others with necessary self-care and rest. Mm, Yeah. Very accurate. Very, yeah. What are yours? I had unrealistic, so nothing in this world is perfect, and that can be difficult truth for mediators to accept. People with this personality type can be hopeless romantics with rose-colored vision of what their lives should be. This can set mediators up for a disappointment when reality inevitably falls short of their dreams. I'm not going to get married and have children by 25. (laughs) 100%. I thought 22. (laughs) Bitch, I was at 22. Like, I was dreaming big here. I was like, I am going to be married with two children by 22. Bitch, I would have had to have been married at fucking, like, 19. That is a very season one episode (laughs) that we had. So glad I am not that same person. Um, self-isolating. I definitely know that I do this. This is one of my coping mechanisms that's not a healthy one, and I have... I know that. Uh, mediators long to connect with others, but they don't always know how. Especially in new environments, mediators may be reluctant to put themselves out there in ways that would help them make new friends or become involved in a new community. As a result, people with this personality type may sometimes feel lonely or isolated. 100%. Can I ask you why you feel like that's a bad thing? Uh, only because I use it as a negative coping mechanism. Um, I don't use self-isolation always in a way that is healthy or productive. It's like when I'm going through a hard time, sometimes I self-isolate in a way that is like, I don't want to burden other people with my problems. So I'll self-isolate to figure it out on my own, which doesn't always bode well. (laughs) So I think that's why for me, and it's the way that I apply self-isolating. It's Mm. not that I, I use it in it it's it's not something that i would consider a weakness but it is something that i have been working to do better at when i'm going through something to speak up that i'm going through something rather than to not say anything and then all of a sudden i'm overwhelmed i'm burnt out and i'm like in a fit of like what the fuck am i doing with my life so that's why i'm like "Mm, there's it's a two-sided coin like i don't always see self-isolation as bad because i definitely will self-isolate and just like have a massive amount of Mm self-growth but then i'll self-isolate in ways that are also not healthy so like it's a two-sided coin for sure um unfocused mediators imagined imaginative introspective nature doesn't always lead itself to productivity many mediators get frustrated by how difficult they find it to buckle down and get things done the problem isn't that they are incapable rather it's that they run into problems when they become so caught up in the different ideas and ideals that they fail to commit to a course of action 100%. 100%. 100%. Don't even need to say anything more to that one. Emotionally vulnerable, not a fucking weakness. Fuck off. The emotional attunement of these personalities is among their greatest strengths. But unless mediators establish boundaries, they can be at risk at absorbing other people's negative moods or attitudes. See, yeah. I feel like this personality test like was able to give you strengths and weaknesses in a way that it's like not super offensive or like yes. call you out about it it's yeah. like well this could be a weakness it's also just like something to keep in mind just so right. you don't get you know don't don't get burnt out you yeah don't. 
Yeah, you don't take on people's moods. Yeah. Um, desperate to please. Conflict tends to be stressful for mediators who yearn for harmony and acceptance. When someone dislikes or approves of them, these personalities may become fixated on trying to clear the air and change the person's mind. Unfortunately, mediators Unfortunately, mediators' desire to please others can drain their energy, eclipsing their inner wisdom and their awareness of their own needs. Um, I guess I can see that in some respects, uh, but I definitely am more solidified in who I am, and you just have to accept that. Like, it is what it is. So, like, that one, not not so much. Um, Self-critical. Uh, mediators believe in their unique potential and they desperately want to live up to it, but this can cause them to have unrealistic expectations for themselves. When mediators fail to live up to these visions, they may accuse themselves of being useless or selfish or woefully inadequate. Taken too far, the self-criticism can discourage mediators, leading them to give up on even their dearest dreams. 100%. 100%. (laughs) Like, really bad self-critical. And I just had this conversation with my spouse the other day because I was like, I feel like financially I don't contribute to our relationship in the same way and I was like I but that's because I have high expectations of what I should be contributing versus what I'm actually like actually able to contribute and he was like babe you'll get there like one day you'll you'll probably exceed me in pay range and be you will be the one taking care of things that I'm taking care of now like we're going to go through seasons where we're going to ebb and flow. And at some points I'm going to be the breadwinner and other times you are going to be the breadwinner. He's like, that's just how it's going to be. Like what a great response by your spouse. I just have to shout that out. A hundred percent. And I was just like, I know. And he's like, I know you have high expectations for yourself and you will reach those goals, but you just need to give yourself time. And I was like, I love you. I want to know. I know you're right. I want to know his personality. I do too. I really should make him take this test. You so should I can have. Find it out. only took me like I said five minutes to answer yeah. the questions. I should definitely have him. Uh, he sounds like he's like maybe the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He's definitely. I would say he's probably more of like an analyst or something along those lines. Like, not. He's not really an explorer. I mean, in some ways, because I know he's an engineer, but, like, I, I feel like he's an analyst. Like, he, like, an- he sits there and, like, analyzes a bunch of data. He's very into stocks, like, that sort of stuff. So, like, he likes those sort of things. So I would place him somewhere in the in- analyst range. All right. So we're doing career paths or workplace habits? Let's do career paths, and then we can see how our workplace habits get into it. Okay. All right. Let's see. So for my advocate type, my career path. Advocates long to find a career that aligns them with their values and their dreams, a career that allows them to fulfill their unique mission in this world. For these personalities, a job isn't satisfying if it doesn't offer a deep sense of purpose. Oh, yeah. No matter <laughs> how like, good the salary. did we just have this conversation? <laughs> yep. The good news is that people with this personality type can use their creativity and determination to find work that suits their needs in just about any field. I always call myself a jack-of-all-trades. Mm-hmm. In fact, advocates have trouble deciding which job is best for them Mm -hmm. (laughs) because they're able to imagine so many possibilities. They may see half a dozen wildly different paths forward, each with its own set of rewards. This can be exciting but also stress-inducing because picking just one means letting go of so many others. Mm. Advocates may even feel a sense of loss with so many doors closed when so many doors closed because one was selected. Holy crap. That is so accurate. I always just, 
what was it the other day? I was just thinking that I was, like, gonna start picking up how to do something brand new. Like, I always am looking for, like, new skills to learn. I literally thought of I could do any career path and just, just because I love learning and having a new experience. And it is. It's like, where do I even start? Because I have so many. Mm-hmm. Like, I just want to start all of them. I usually have at least five skills I want to learn at any given point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does it say anything else for you? It says the search for purpose for advocate personalities jobs that involve helping and connecting with people can be deeply satisfying it's no surprise then that many advocates gravitate towards work as counselors therapists psychologists social workers (laughs) teachers yoga instructors and spiritual leaders they may enjoy service industry positions that allow them to interact directly and build genuine relationships with their customers Careers in the healthcare can also be rewarding occupations, including um, nursing, physical or occupational therapy, medicine, nutrition, or more holistic paths as acupuncture. Mm. Many advocates are passionate communicators. This explains why they are often drawn to careers in writing, creating many popular books, blogs, stories, video games, and screenplays. For people with this personality type, the opportunity to tell stories for a living can be nothing short of a dream come true. Other advocates might pursue music, photography, design, illustration, or fine art. Even if these artistic pursuits aren't their primary job, many advocates find their creative side hustles offer a much-needed outlet for the themes and ideas that occupy their imaginations. Nonprofit workplaces, from museums to nature centers to food pantries, also hold a special appeal. With their focus on serving the community rather than drawing a profit, these organizations can be a natural fit for advocate personalities. But even in workplaces that are very much for-profit, advocates can find ways to direct their energy and creativity towards helping others. No matter, no matter what it says on their business cards, advocates' insights can enable them to spot unusual patterns and come up with out-of-the-box solutions, creating real change in others' lives. It's really funny because I was actually, for a while before I got this promotion, thinking about that I should just go around to other people's workplaces and just help them find solutions for, like, their culture or just... Be the problem finder. Yeah. The problem fixer. Yep. (laughs) Or the solution finder, I guess, is really what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. It does say that I am incredibly versatile, but some work environments may rub me the wrong way. This is especially true for workplaces that offer little independence or agency, forcing employees to adhere to rigid, repetitive protocols without regard for their individual needs or strengths. People with this personality type may also chafe at criticism or pressure that comes with cutthroat competitive work environments. Heck yeah. Um, For this reason, many advocates seek out more flexible, autonomous positions or branch off altogether to start their own businesses. They may also find it gratifying to create bridges between seemingly disparate professional fields, for example, by writing about psychology or being an environmental lawyer. Hmm. Such hybrid careers can offer plenty of opportunity for advocates to exercise their creativity and their love of learning. In truth, advocate personalities can do well in any field. To be truly happy, however, they need to find work that aligns with their values and allows them some independence. Advocates create crave a opportunity to learn and grow alongside the people that they are helping. When this happens, advocates may finally feel that they are fulfilling their life's mission, contributing to the well-being of humanity on a personal level. There's just a little quote that says, advocates tend to feel stifled unless their work allows them the freedom to act according to their conscience, their creativity, and their common sense. And that is a very good summary. I have a hard time with workplaces that don't honor the people that are working there. Mm. 
Yeah. The thing that stuck out for me was, like, being the advocate and the, the environmental lawyer. I was like, I don't see you as an environmental lawyer, but you do a lot of environmental activism in your own life, choosing sustainable products, making sure that you're, you know, being conscious of what you're, you're buying for clothes or how you buy your food or how you, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I'm like, you're an advocate in a much smaller sense, but that smaller impact can make such a huge difference in the long run. Yeah. I don't know if I'd ever find my advocacy in like my workplace as far as like a job, like, like an environmental lawyer. Like, I don't think I'd ever pick a profession necessarily where I would. It's like HR. Like like... specifically, but I think that I would always find a way to advocate in all of those places like right. I do a bunch of advocacy with my co-workers and and any place mm-hmm. that I work at but I find it more in my personal life the eco-consciousness I'm always getting cruelty-free makeup I do choose my clothing fabrics based off of eco-friendly standards um you know trying to reduce my footprint in the world yeah as well as just helping the population i do a lot of donation volunteer work where i can yeah i'm always like trying to add more things to that (laughs) yeah yeah which is why i was like it the advocate is so accurate especially in the career path but in a more personal career path right not career path but more in a personal pursuit i guess is better better yeah i think like i said i think i'm always no matter what i do like it pretty much as I can do anything, mm-hmm. but I'm always going to bring that advocacy to that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your career path so, as a mediator? So many mediators long for a career that doesn't just take care of the bills, but also feels fulfilling. They want to spend their days doing something they genuinely love, preferably without too much stress or drama. Even the idealists, uh, Oh, ever the idealist, mediators might struggle to find a profession that meets their practical needs and fulfills their dreams. These personalities may drift in frustration, waiting for the perfect job to present itself, and eventually feeling stuck or worried that they're not living up to their potential. Alas, there's no such thing as a perfect job, and the question of whether to settle for a less-than-ideal position can weigh heavily on people with this personality type. Fortunately, mediators creativity, independence, and sincere desire to connect with and help others can help them shine and find fulfillment in nearly any line of work. 100% Very similar. Yeah. And then it says, a place for everyone. Certain careers and vocations seem to hold a special allure for these personalities. With their curiosity and their love of self-expression, many mediators dream of becoming writers 100% fucking percent. (laughs) You had a blog. I had two. I had two blogs at one point. Um, and... I have several books that are, like, sitting, written. Uh, You're a whole journaler. (laughs) Yeah, like, oof, God. Um, They might write novels, seek out interesting freelance niches, or even find themselves doing communications in a corporate field or for nonprofit organizations. Richly imaginative, mediators can infuse even the driest of fundraising or marketing materials with new life. I think you found your work work path. Um, although this personality type isn't known for seeking the spotlight, other mediators find their life purpose in the performing arts. These mediators can draw from their inner depth to pull out exquisite interpretations of a creator's work. They may also create their own works as playwrights, composers, or choreographers. I for a while thought that I might be an English teacher just because of the way that, like, I can interpret writing and the way that, like, I want to help people, like, interpret 
writing i'm like everyone's gonna interpret it differently and i'd love to see how kids minds interpret something like versus like my mind who's read millions of creative works hundreds of creative works and you know kids who haven't had the opportunity to read creative works on such a depth level so i was like oh i'd be really cool to see where like these kids are at and like what they take away from things like i'm not going to give my opinion first i would love to see theirs first why didn't you choose that path um I think I watched my mom struggle in teaching to pay the bills financially and all of that. And I was like, ooh, I was like, okay, I, that's not the I life that's path I want. The most common thing I see is it just people like being teachers, the idea of it, but it's the salary. That yeah. It gets the, yeah. oh, no, that's not for me. Yeah, exactly. It says, whatever they do, mediators want to feel that their work is helping others. It's not surprising then that many people with this personality type choose careers that are focused on service, such as counseling, psychology, teaching, healthcare, social work, massage therapy, or physical rehabilitation. Um, for these caring, supportive personalities, few things are more meaningful than seeing their work help change someone's life for the better. 100%. Uh, mediators are adaptable, but they may find it demotivating to have work in high stress bureaucratic or hectic work environments they can also become frustrated by workplaces that are highly critical or competitive workplaces that reward independence tend to be a good fit for mediators although they may appreciate some structure and oversight to help them avoid procrastinating and getting lost in thought that said mediators don't need ideal conditions to thrive professionally these personalities want to live in tune with their values in their careers as much as in any other aspect of their lives they can put up with and overcome any number of challenges as they pursue a sense of mission in their work i think that's true uh the, especially the uh, high stress and hectic work environments i don't do well in hectic work environments i get way too stressed out and i get to be like this angry little ball of stress and like it's not mm, we're not good that was my thought on the competitive one i was like oh no no competitive workplaces yeah like that's why i never went into sales like i don't want to be in sales and be constantly fighting for how i'm gonna get more over somebody else like no yeah. that has no desire for me hmm. none whatsoever do you want to read the conclusion and then we'll wrap this episode up yeah all right i'll go first perfect so the conclusion for an advocate what you read so far is just an introduction into the complexities of the kind-hearted, creative, and incredibly rare advocate personality type. Along the way, you may have muttered to yourself, wow, this is so accurate, it's a little creepy, or finally, someone understands me. You may have even asked, how do they know more about me than the people I'm closest to? If you feel understood right now, it's because you are. Years of research have given us deep insights into the unique strengths and challenges of advocates like you. We understand your creativity and your passion and your commitment to doing the right things, but we also understand the dark side of your personality type. The, na the nagging fear that you might not reach your full potential or make the most out of one of your, your one wild and precious life. That's why we've made it our mission to help advocates like you not only appreciate your gifts, but also make the most of them. Learning about your personality types is fascinating, but there is also a deeper purpose to it. Because mm. self-understanding is what helps you ensure that you don't miss out on whatever it is that you were put on this earth to do. So here's our question for you, advocate. Are you ready to take full advantage of your unique strengths to unlock your true potential? Mm. It says, advocates' gifts include idealism, determination, and the ability to envision a better future. 
They don't want to just hear what makes them great. Advocates are committed to actually using these gifts to become better people and serve a greater purpose in this world. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, I'm satisfied with that answer. Mm-hmm. Um, so my conclusion was, few personality types are as poetic and kind-hearted as mediators. With their unique gifts, mediators can overcome all sorts of challenges and obstacles and brighten the lives of those around them in the process. Uh, yet mediators can be tripped up in areas where idealism and altruism are more of a liability than an asset. When it comes to finding or keeping a partner, making friends, pursuing a meaningful career, or planning for the future, people with this personality type may need to consciously develop their weaker traits and gain new skills, even as they draw on their many strengths. Um, What you've read so far is just an introduction into the complexity of the mediator personality type. You may have muttered to yourself, wow, (laughs) is this yours? I don't know. Maybe they said it to everybody. Wow, this is so accurate. It's a little creepy. Or finally someone understands me. How do they know uh, more about me than I do? This is not a trick. You felt understood because you were. Is that what you said? Yeah. You felt... We've studied how mediators think, oh, this must be, like, the nice, like, wrap-up for everybody. Yeah. To, like, let you know that, like, you've definitely done this. But this this website as a whole is really nice because they also offer you, like... It was like explore nineteen ways of personal growth. Like, did you say anything like that? If you go yeah, to, there like, was other things. There's like a premium version where you can yeah. kind of get the unlock more and helpful hints. Right. What I want you to do, which is what really fucked with me the first time I read this, is go back to the introduction section and at the bottom it says your personality type and the people that you may know oh, as advocates. You know, yeah. <clears throat> so who are yours? This is this is why it fucked me up because okay. the first two are Martin Luther King and Nelson Mandela, Mother Teresa, Marie Kondo, you Lady Gaga, Nicole Kidman, Morgan Freeman, Goth, John Snow from Game of Thrones, James Wilson from House, uh, Agaron from Lord of the Rings, and it keeps going. But like. Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King, bro. <laughs> Mother Teresa. <laughs> I had William Shakespeare. Ooh. Yeah, loved that. Um, like Alicia Keys, Tom Hiddleston, Julia Roberts, uh, William. Oh, Julia Roberts. Right, William Wordsworth, Johnny Depp. Ooh. Right. I was like, oh, that is. Sorry, Kit. <laughs> Just got me excited. I had a ton of characters from the Lord of the Rings. I had like three different characters from Lord of the Rings. Um, Anne of Green Gables. Oh, I love Anne. And then Sybil Branson from Downtown Abbey. Love her. Um, but yeah, like it, it's so crazy. The mediators you may know. I'm like, so these people took this test and like they know that that's who they are. I'm like, that's cool. Dude, how do you walk away and be like, all right, I'm like motherfucking Teresa. <laughs> Gonna go out in the world and make a better place. Bye, guys. (laughs) Yeah, that's... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. I think this has been a really cool and and interesting episode. Do you have any more before I take us out? No, I don't. I really do did love this episode. It went better than I anticipated. I thought it was going to be a lot more like, here's the psychology. And it went a lot more like, oh, here's ours. Like, how does that play out in our lives? Like, let's talk about it. Like, let's ask questions. Like, I really enjoyed this episode. It was fun. Yeah, I think this is a really good test. Like I said, I think this is one of the more accurate, like, 
helpful personality tests that I've taken. I've taken quite a few in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. Alright, so I'm going to take us on out. You can follow, rate, like, and subscribe on Instagram and TikTok at tabletalks.podcast. We will link the 16 personalities site down below so you can take this test for yourself. And we're eager to know about what your personality type is. Alright, honey buns, have a great week!